1: Three, two, one. All right, we are back. So today was an interesting day from the front lines of real estate. Julie and I had a lot of personal coaching calls, and um, some of the top agents in the country all sort of experiencing the same thing. And we're going to, Julie and I are going to chat in a bit, telling you what we're hearing from some of the agents. These are agents that are typically selling, oh, I would guess. 80 million, 60 million, you know, our personal clients are some of the massive producers that you guys hear about. Some of them are massive producers that you never hear about, but we're going to tell you what their concerns are, and we're going to tell you what they're experiencing. So, Julie and I just literally finished our block of high-intensity coaching calls. That's always yes. interesting. And
2: premier coaching calls and webinars, seminars. Yeah, exactly. Other people's ours.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know. So um,
2: poor headsets. Our, I feel sorry for them.
1: Exactly. Our right. Our uh, our minds are full of recent conversations, as well as today. <laughs> when we had little breaks, we were also combing the headlines for looking for relevant information for our main website website timandjulieharris.com um, and we have a few headlines in particular that we want to call to your attention but Julie and I and frankly a lot of our top agents are already we're already having this conversation and I want to share it with you guys because I want you to think about this because we want to set the expectation for a realistic um, really realistically what you should be looking forward to for the next 18 months one of the th- and this is I know why people are doing this, and honestly I, I find it a little bit disingenuous, if not immoral, and I'm gonna tell you what it is. I'm seeing and this is what happens every time there's a crisis. I'm seeing that people that know better, not should know better but know better are essentially not telling the whole truth about what they think because they're trying to protect themselves or they're trying to protect their businesses. and I see it happening on, for example, there was a major real estate company. <laughs> this was kind of funny because it was so obvious. We can hear you, Jules. Sorry. There was a major real estate company that laid off something like 35% of its all of its employees. And it was a lot of people. This is a big company. And um, they were talking about all the cuts they were making and they were talking about all this and you know, just a lot of internal strife that was happening. And then at the same time, the messaging that they were sending to the agents was, you know, everything's going to be, you know, V-shaped recovery, everything's bright and sunny, everything's going to come back strong, it's going to, you know, the spring market's going to be in the summer. So it was so interesting to me to watch how all these people who I know know better are not willing to tell you guys the truth about what they're really thinking. And again, I know why they're doing that. They're absolutely doing that because of the fact that they want to protect themselves they, want to, they don't want to have to deal with all you guys being fearful of quitting their brokerages. They don't want to create essentially a tsunami of agents leaving their brokerage, exiting for an, another brokerage. That's what's going on. They're fearful of your ability to handle the truth. Julie, do you have anything to say on that?
2: Well, it does remind me of, you know, back kind of pre-recession, I want to say was it our conversation with Mark Willis, um, where he was kind of like, I know I've seen this before. I know it's going to be a mess. And I don't know if they're prepared for it. How much do I share? I don't want to freak them out. You know, so I I guess I appreciate the reticence of wigging people out in an already stressful situation where they're bombarded every single day with, let's just be honest, not the most exciting, happy news you could be reading. <laughs> but uh, the flip side is I fear more for not telling them.
1: That's right. Mark Willis at the time when we were having this conversation with him, this was back in 07 back in probably May or June of 07. Mm -hmm. And he was the CEO of Keller Williams. And, you know, what he said to us in a private meeting was inspirational and really gave us a lot of direction for the relaunch of our coaching company. And the essence of it was, is things are going to... And this was back in 07. He said, things are going to get a lot worse and cut a lot deeper than people ever could possibly imagine. And he was right. But at the same time, everybody in a leadership position in the real estate industry wasn't telling agents the whole truth. So we knew that... Frankly, here's our bottom line opinion. If you as a real estate leader suspect that things are going to get a lot worse and agents are counting on you to be their leaders, to be their... That word leader is so overused. It's leader, influencer, expert. These are all words that have come to mean nothing because everyone calls themselves that. But if you are somebody in a position where agents are expecting you to make decisions that have an influence on the direction of their lives and on their families, and if you suspect... Things are going to get a lot worse and you don't say something to them um, out of fear of your own, uh, essentially protecting yourself. And you're even rationalizing that, which I know, you know, I have some, again, I, I had a big brokerage that I was talking to on the East coast and I was talking to them and the gal was basically telling me the, the who ran, I don't want to give too much information away because some of you guys know who I'm talking about, but they don't, they, she was honestly fearful for, uh, of telling agents what she was really thinking not even because she was worried about agents quitting, but she was worried about agents' ability to handle the truth. And I kind of respect that because not a lot of people can handle the truth. And, and it will scare people. And it does take work. And it does take confidence. And it does take all that. But here's the flip side to it. And also the other reason is that there are not, a lot of these guys aren't telling the whole truth as they know it to be or as they suspect it to be, it's because they're fearful of being wrong and being criticized for being wrong. So I wanna challenge everybody who's listening, who's in a supposed leadership position or a genuine leadership position to set aside your essential own personal self-interest and do something for the the good of the people or that you've chosen to lead. And if you don't do that, I want you to really consider the, the morality of that decision. I want you to actually seriously consider What it means for you not to tell people who are counting on you to tell them the truth, the truth. In my opinion, in Julie's opinion, all of our coaches and staff, that's an immoral decision. So when we made the decision um, in the beginning of March to decide to start talking about this, of course, we received a lot of criticism. People wondering what our own motivation was. And I just told you what our own motivation was. And now things are progressing essentially exactly like we told you guys They they would progress in terms of the in essence, I, I the, think it's
2: actually slightly worse. The unraveling research today, right? The
1: unraveling of the economy. Well, I'm trying to set them up before yeah. we tell them what okay. we learned. Okay, gotcha. I, I'm, I'm trying to cushion the blow. All right. I mean, Julie wants to go right to in the, your the own
2: point. in your own way. I'm trying, trying to do it them. my own way. I know it's okay.
1: Are you saying I'm not doing it? I'm not no, cushioning no, the blow.
2: I understand. It's heavy <laughs> stuff. It is.
1: Uh, it is heavy stuff, but you know what else can you do? I mean, in a time like this, I'm searching
2: for the, uh, the, the silver lining, right?
1: And some people, and again, I, I read some other articles that were coming out from uh, you know, again, people that supposedly are you know leaders, and they're talking about this V-shaped recovery. So here, I'm going to give you guys this real bottom line to all the articles that we're going to share with you and the real bottom line to anybody that's supposedly telling you what's going to happen next. Nobody freaking knows. And anyone who says they know, is li- they're just straight up lying to you. There are no parallels with anything that's happened probably in the last 100 years for what's happening now. So they don't know. Now, they may have had some setbacks professionally that may have caused them to ex- essentially go go through a recession, but this is not the same. This is substantially different. This is a essentially a... a um, you know, this is a seismic event in the history of our country, in the history of the world. By the way, that's the reason that it's okay to say you don't know, but it's not okay to say what you think is going to happen and protect the people that you're that you've been and you know essentially charged with protecting. Again, that's the reason Julie and I have been drilling down so aggressively on trying to get you guys to do all the different programs that are coming out. Oh, my gosh, are we getting crap from that? <laughs> well, are you telling agents to get on unemployment? Yes. Are you telling agents to get money from the Small Business Administration, the PPP? Yes. Are you telling agents to do all the you know, forbearances? Yes. And we're telling you to do it because we think and we have reasons to believe that it's going to get a lot worse. And we think it's going to get a lot worse long before it gets a lot better. And by the way, if you want a- access to information, how you can get uh, in, in uh, all those programs, and Julie, write down a note to yourself so I can tell them about some of the updates so I don't forget.
2: Okay.
1: There are a lot of updates for a lot of those programs. And if you guys um, remember, if you're already a member of the free coaching program, log in frequently and get the latest information. And if you're not, just text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. All the programs that we talked about in all our previous podcasts, all the latest information, and how you can apply, which banks, all the information you need, even the forms—it's all there. Just text the word uh, "survival" to three one nine nine six. Every single one of you need to be taking advantage of every single program that's being offered to you. And again, it's absolutely imperative. Even if you don't need the money now, you're probably going to need the money or wish you'd done it in the future. I'll give you for example, and we mentioned this yesterday, but the PPP now includes coverage for landlords, for missed rent. So there's all kinds of things that are coming into play that you guys need to be aware of, right? So that's really incredibly important. All right, now back on task. So... If you know, if you have a strong belief what's going to happen next and you don't prepare people for what's going to happen next because you're just doing it out of your own sensual, you know, own insecurity, maybe your own lack of experience, knowing how to lead people through a firestorm, I'll suggest you err on the side of protection and maybe being slightly more alarming than it, you'd otherwise be because if you aren't, then the ramifications are all those people are going to suffer. So I, we're on coaching calls today and we're doing other podcasts and webinars and whatnot, and we are absolutely trying to hit every single person between the eyes because otherwise they won't pay attention because everybody wants things to go back to normal. Everyone's holding their breath. Everyone's searching for information to believe that there's going to be a V-shaped recovery. That's what agents naturally do. I'm a pessimist. I'm an optimist. No, you got to just be a realist, and you got to realize that this is now about survival. It's about protecting what you have so you can get through this, and so on the other side of it, you can profit. And that again, that's the name of the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide that's included with that free coaching program. Um, it's basically three parts, personal, protect, and profit. And so you can get that uh, guide for free. All this is for free, guys. Just text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Once we all get through this, it's going to feel like a totally different world. It is going to be a totally different world. But here's what we think. And here's the bottom line. Nothing is going to go back to normal or anything that feels remotely normal. People's behaviors towards each other, how which businesses open, which events happen until there's a vaccine. And all these, and Julie made this observation, all these You know, people coming out and saying, well, we're going to check back in two weeks to see how things are going to be. They're just telling you that but probably they're fearful, seriously, of social unrest. They're probably, I mean, do you guys know right now in the country, there are actual honest to God uh, food lines that have already formed? We're not s- small ones either. And not small ones. We're going to do, do some stories on uh, timandjulieharris.com. But all over the country, in major cities, there are hundreds of people that are in cars waiting essentially at food banks for food. Um, those, that's, that's happening, okay? And we're only a month into that, a month into this. What's going to be like if they lock down the country for another month? And I think personally, I cannot see, and any of you would care to argue with me about this or give me a counter opinion. I would love to have it because truthfully, I've been searching for it. I've been looking for a reason why we're wrong about this prediction, but we don't think there's going to be anything, uh, any return to anything that feels normal until there's a vaccine, because how can you have a country, a world reopen, as they are fond of saying, when the pandemic spreads as fast as it does. So, people are gonna be in various stages of exposure to the virus all over the world. And we're a globe, planes and whatnot have connected all of us. So, it's not just your town, it's not just your little city in the middle of nowhere. It's all the world that's interconnected now. And this virus spread so shockingly fast. In a matter of days, it went from one person being reported in the United States, then hundreds and thousands, and then basically who knows how many people are exposed now. Are you getting the point here? So there's no way they're going to be able to essentially uniformly open up the country, even if they test for antibodies and all the rest of it, until they have a vaccine. That's it. Until there's a vaccine, which is supposed to be 18 months from now, everything is going to be in this bizarro, we're waiting to see what happens next mode. Jules?
2: Yeah. Well, so we can start with any number. Are we going to read the headlines? uh, you know, I never thought I'd be nostalgic for our Puerto Rican earthquakes. <laughs> I mean, that was like, that's kind of okay. In December. It's okay. Yeah. They, they come and they go. <laughs> so anyway. Right. Uh, all right. So let's, let's start with, let's not go straight to the most dramatic. Let's start with an interesting bit of news, if you're ready. Um, let's see. Uh, I wanted to do the builder piece. I just have to find that again. Oh, there it is. Okay. Home Builder Confidence Index takes biggest monthly dive ever as coronavirus slams the economy. Okay. So they actually rate what's called builder confidence. And it's uh, for single family homes, plunged 42 points to a reading of 30. This is just how they gauge the confidence level. This is the lowest point since June of 2012, according to NAR and the Home Builders uh, Market Index. Anything above 50 is considered positive. Okay. So why do you care? I read through a lot of this uh, interesting research, of course, but at the Uh, The bottom line is uh, looking at builder sentiment regionally, uh, it dropped in every single region, but this particular article I thought was great because it pointed out we were in generally pretty low inventory before. The builders still hadn't caught up. And when we get to the other side of it, this is going to be a great opportunity for you guys. So we're coaching our clients to dust off those builder relationships, find out what inventory is coming up, match it to your wayward buyer leads, and ride that as long as we can. So that was an interesting thing to watch what's happening in new construction.
1: That's, of course, assuming that the small, <coughs> most of the small and medium-sized builders you are, know, still around. are still around. And right. again, this all depends on how long everything is pre- predicated timing. on the uh, vaccine. And that's one of the reasons. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but nobody's really talking about the fact that the vaccine, it's not like the lead story. And the lead story should be, where's the damn vaccine? Because until there's a vaccine, everything else is just going to be a series of false starts. That—that That's the only way it can possibly be. And um, how can there ever be a return to any sort of normalcy when everyone's basically waiting around for the next full start to end? So uh, another headline.
2: OK, so we were talking about breadlines, and we're also starting to see a lot of economists using the actual word depression. For example, the economy has crashed into a depression. Why is that being said? 16.78 million Americans have already applied for unemployment benefits. And consumer sentiment crashed the most ever on record. OK, so here's what I saw was a change in today's news. We now have 30 days of what has actually happened, not day by day, week by week speculation. So we know that almost 17 million Americans are, already have applied for unemployment. OK, uh, so how is that affecting food bank networks this is what you were reporting on. And this is not just one report. These are, uh, there's drone photographs of not hundreds, but thousands of car long lines all across the country. This is in the middle of the country. It's where you might think in California, in New York, San Antonio, uh, just pictures and pictures of people who literally were living like week to week with their family's worth of food. So if that's not an indication of depression, I don't know what is.
1: Well, I mean, that and you guys, the modern uh, food line. I mean,
2: they're, they're like uh, care boxes,
1: we, right? They're care boxes, but the modern food line is do, done mostly digitally now, in the, fo- uh, the, uh, the form of all these grants and unemployment and whatnot. But these are actual people that have not gotten any of the money from the government. That don't they haven't gotten their stimulus money yet. And they don't have money to buy food. And so they're having to go to the food bank to buy, to get essentially free food. And that is something that I never thought we'd see in our lifetimes, no. to be honest with you. You know, it's important, Julie, that they understand why we're telling them this. And the reason that we're telling you guys this is because of the exact same reason why I want other people that are in leadership positions to be also telling you the truth. Because you ultimately need to be overprepared. There is no downside now, I'm not trying to scare you or create fear because fear and being scared causes you to do nothing. Being overprepared makes it so that even if it doesn't get as bad for you and your part of the world as it is in some other parts of the country already, even if you somehow, your part of the world essentially is, you know, maybe just slightly downturned, where's the downside in you being overprepared? And that's in all of our coaching clients. The other question they're all asking us is, Tim, what should we be doing now to make money? And I'm going to tell you a couple things. Number one, stop being creative. You have to stop being creative. Don't waste any more time trying to figure out how to do anything. Just do what's proven to work. And again, I know some of you don't know what's proven to work, and that's the reason we have our coaching program. Our coaching program is 100% designed to get you into action making money now. We tell you how to do BPOs. We tell you how to do probate. We tell you how to do REOs. We tell you how to do short sales. We tell you how to do um, you know, all the different sources of business. And one of the common, well, several common elements about all these sources of business that we tell you to do is they do not cost you anything. All of the sources of, that we tell you to do are free. You can do this work on your own based on your skill set, which means, yes, you're going to have to learn something new or many things new in order for you to make it through this new market. And so the first thing I'm telling everyone, and Julia's as well, stop being creative. Just do what you know that works. If you don't know what works, then you need to accept that and get in gear learning what works now. All the stuff that you were doing before that maybe you didn't even know was a gimmick, You know, all the Facebook ads, all the social networking, all the little Mickey Mouse buying lead crap you guys were doing, all the big teams and the mega teams and the expansion teams, all this other stuff, all the branding stuff – that stuff has to stop, and you need to focus on what actually is going to put money in your pocket the fastest. You do not have the luxury of time of experimenting with what might work. You need to get into action doing what will work, what is proven to work, what is always proven to work. And in your defense, listeners, I know a lot of you, especially if you're just discovering us for the first time, don't know what we're saying is true because you've only been exposed to all the snake oil salesmen that came up into the real estate market since 2008 showing all these whiz bang easy button shiny object ideas on how to make money and now we're at the other end of that essentially that trend and that is what it was it was a trend you know a lot of these things that you guys have normalized in the industry they're trends that will not return they are not going to be part of us as part of the new economy after we come to the other end of this which will probably be i mean hopefully it'll start in earnest when the vaccine is in place but it might be even after that and some julie's gonna read you some headlines more headlines we found But the moral of the story, what we're trying to get you to understand is you will make money no matter what direction the market goes, provided you have the skill set that the sellers in particular need to get their homes sold now. And you have a little reprieve. We all have this little window in time. Because people can get their houses in deferments. There's you know, money coming in from the government to make ends meet. Just make ends meet. A little lifeline here and there. So you have a reprieve to get your act together and get your skill set on. But why are you still wasting time trying to think about what you should do next? Why are you gravitating towards all these people that are telling you that you know in June, things are going to bounce back and there's a V-shaped recovery? Intellectually, don't you see what I'm telling you is true? And where's the downside for you to be overcorrective right now in protecting yourself and your family financially? There is none. So quit wasting time.
2: Well, and I got news for you too. Some of you guys are are figuring you're going to ride on your laurels of your past clients, your center of influence, your repeat and referral. And you will have some of that, and that's great. That's a thing. It, it was not going to be the thing going forward. And if you don't think for a second that even your best past clients won't put you up against competition in an environment like this, that's one of the things we saw almost immediately in the last recession. People who you thought you had in the bag are will freak out and they will have to trust the person who's got the better pricing, who actually uses a pre-listing package, who bothered to pre-qualify them, bothered to ask some questions. And you're going to be a deer in the headlights saying, oh my God, I thought that they would list with me even though I haven't talked to them in two years. And you are resting on those laurels and you will be screwed in this market.
1: I got an email from a new agent, well, newest agent, two years in the business. Um, it was a gal and she'd been selling normal price houses in this market and she had an opportunity, she always wanted to sell more expensive houses in this market. But she was basically, it was hard for her to get into the market because it was dominated by like three really good and agents who basically worked the country club and you know had great centers of influence and past clients. And she wanted to know strategies to go after the business because she saw that a lot of their listings were starting to expire. And she'd never even thought of calling expired listings, okay? Again, she'd only been in the business for like 19, 2009 or something. So some of you guys have never learned the fact that there's other ways to get business other than all the gimmicks. So I explained to her how expired work, how you get the phone numbers, how you actually call them, what you say, how you say it. I explained all this to her. I gave her a free coaching call. You know, She was very nice in her email, so I gave her the time. So she then basically had this epiphany go off that she could start hunting the expireds in this particular geographic area, and she could actually then start to become seen as one of the dominant agents. And that is true only if she can then get the listing sold. So in order to do that, she's going to have to learn how to price houses correctly, how to you know gauge motivation. She's going to have to do all that sort of negotiating. She's going to have to learn a fairly steep learning curve of skills I'm not going to lie but it has to be done. Guess what listeners? That's exactly what Julie and I did when we sold real estate. And and so she ended this conversation with me saying, "Why has no one else told me that?" And, you know, <laughs> why do you guys think? Because they the the people she was listening to didn't know how to do it. So they didn't say what we were saying because they didn't one of she told me who her mentors were. Her office manager had never been a very successful uh, real estate agent, she told me. And then she was listening to some absolute snake oil salesman who'd never even sold real estate before. And he was supposedly a real estate guru giving all this information about social networking and all this other, you know, easy button stuff. That's what she'd actually been believing had worked in this previous market. I asked her where her deals came from, and she'd done quite a few. She'd, you know, been in the business for a while. And she said they came from this source, her church. They came from her center of influence past clients. This one came from her referral. She'd bought a lot of leads. In other words, she'd basically been buying buyer leads and things of that nature. So I said, how many of those came from all the little gimmicky things that you were doing with social networking and whatnot? She said like two. So why did you keep paying this supposed coo- uh, coach guru, you know, four hundred or six hundred dollars a month when you know it wasn't working? And she said that she had tried to cancel, but they told her just to stick it out for a little little while longer because it just takes longer to make it work, right? Isn't that the ultimate? con at the end of the day just stick with it it'll work for you after time it, it didn't and she finally realized that she was at the end of the rope with believing that snake oil and you know thankfully now she's going to take a turn in the road and start doing the real work of real estate i'm not trying to be negative guys i'm trying to be honest with you i'm trying to give you the real information that you need to have you need to be incredibly careful who you're listening to right now as far as what you should be doing in your real estate business, notice how most everyone is saying the exact same thing. It's because they've never learned how to do the real work of real estate themselves. Because they've never been in, the, they weren't in the business for as long as we have. They don't have the sales skills that we teach agents to have. These, the, what I'm telling you now is the absolute stone cold truth. And so, if you're wondering what you should be doing now, you should absolutely be texting the word "survival" to three one nine nine six. If you want to join the coaching program, here's the easy button for you. Just Just text the word education to 31996. And you can be one of our private clients. So just text the word education to 31996. But for the rest of you, definitely get involved with our coaching program, the free version, which is, you know, it's a very robust coaching program considering it doesn't cost you anything. Just text the word survival to 31996. Julie?
2: Yes. So here's an interesting development. You know, when this thing first started, we were all talking about people who, Logically, we're going to be affected, and it wasn't going to be everybody. It was just people who were in the, uh, you know, restaurants and bars and hospitality and cruise ships and things of that nature. Well, now we already have a second wave of layoffs hitting people who thought that they were safe people like law firms are cutting hours um you know things like uh you know even nurses and i've got some coaching clients where there's teachers nurses, city teachers.
1: employees you know
2: people that had normal full-time jobs now are being laid off furloughed or fired so that's a secondary hit and we're already at almost 18 million in unemployment so uh, things that were identified were ambulatory uh, healthcare services, manufacturing, transportation, warehousing, wholesale trade, um, even construction. You know, they were interviewing people in the breadlines, and a lot of them had had construction jobs while well, the builders are not finishing those subdivisions currently, thus they're furloughed or fired.
1: Right. And a lot of those, again, those jobs don't just snap back. Those, and the other thing is, is when people are out of, uh, out of work for a long period of time, um, they lose the skill set that they had or the skill set that yeah. they had isn't needed anymore. Not necessarily true for the trades, obviously, but for a lot of these other jobs, businesses are going to evolve and figure out other ways to do things. So this is this, these types of you know global seismic economic events cause a reset and things don't bounce back.
2: Well, and you make a good point. Some of those people will have to get educated, re-educated, get new jobs, be well, these unemployed guys are. for a while. Agents
1: are. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they have to do. I mean, if they're going to be relevant, that's what they have that to is, do.
2: That is, You are in re-education zone. Yeah. Yeah, or you're exactly. not, and you're not going to be in real estate next year. Well, they do have this
1: nice little window, right? Where Well, I
2: was thinking that. You know, it would. I was actually thinking that exact thought. It would have sure been nice in the 2008, 2009, 2007 era to have had a little runway like this. A little warning would have been cool instead of what you and I woke up to one day on coaching calls where, you know, our agents that had been selling five, six homes a week then said, what happened?
1: Well, in our now, defense, but we, now
2: we have now we have a runway to save these guys.
1: Well, in our defense, we did see it coming in late '06, yes. and we did warn them, and we started teaching short sales in '06, and that was two years before the rest of the world knew well, what the word what, short what sales meant. What I meant, meant.
2: by this was the fact that these guys actually have these things in place like mortgage forbearance that they didn't have before, right? You guys have all of these tools that you now can take advantage of to buy yourself a little bit of mental and financial runway so you now can work on your education. That's what I meant by
1: that. Sure. So let's talk about mortgages, okay? So mortgage rates now are at a 30-year low at 3.45%. But at the same time, this is the other thing we're hearing from a lot of our top clients. Julie, tell them about the... um Mortgage
2: All kinds of changes. Yes. Okay. Talk about yes. That. All right. Now, this is all really important stuff. We touched on this a little bit yesterday and have even more evidence of it today. All right. So, mortgages are indeed harder to get in spite of the fact that interest rates are at an epic low. For example, the go to uh, criteria now is a credit score of a minimum of 700, used to be in the 600s, and a minimum down payment of 20% for conventional excuse me, for conventional loans. Now, why is this happening? Because the banks are feeling lack of liquidity due to the fact that all these forbearances are taking money off of their table. When they have lack of liquidity, they tighten their standards. Their risk management teams say, you know what? We're gonna be extra scrutinizing of anything new that you're approving. For example, if you're self-employed, they're going to be checking and rechecking not only that your business exists, but what's your profit and loss? not just for last month, but let's say for the last 10 days. So they're cracking down to that extent. Uh, even asset verification, things like your down payment verification, employment verification, uh, conforming loans are easiest right now. The refinance of jumbo mortgages are the hardest. Of course, we have longer closing times. Well as Fargo's never uh, they are not doing jumbos anymore. Then we have delayed appraisals going on. Um, And I even have seen, you know, normally we have stipulations for buyers, right? Contingent on this, contingent on that. I'm seeing lenders put contingent on themselves having the availability to actually sell the loan in a lender letter. That's crazy. (laughs) I mean, that is crazy. So what does this mean to all of you guys? We've always recommended that you use something called the ultimate addendum, which we teach in the coaching program which saves you from all of these issues, all these 11th hour underwriting issues where they say, you know what? We know we sent you a pre-approval letter, but uh, we just checked the viability of their business. And because it's only been healthy for the past 60 days and 90 days ago, they had a problem. We're going to require 30% down instead of 20% down. Surprise. So the ultimate addendum is something that we teach in the coaching program to get in front of that and find out if you're going to have any hiccups earlier rather than later. Let me interject something,
1: Julie, before I forget. Um, a couple of coaching calls today where people were confused a lot of you guys have been using mortgage lenders banks in essence they call themselves mortgage lenders that are brokering FHA loans that is not the same as an FHA lender because when we hear that the raise when we tell you about the rising mortgage standards those are what's hap- what's happening is the banks are not they're uh, taking the FHA lending requirements and they're putting overlays on top of that so when you hear us saying that they're asking for more money down they're raising the credit scoring and all of that, That is not the lender you should frankly be working with in a market like this. You need to go directly to the FHA lender. When Julie and I sold real estate, which you know is something we did do in high volume for a long period of time, we had three lenders. We had an FHA lender named Mark Yerkey from Yerkey Mortgage. Remember yeah, him?
2: He did a killer job.
1: That was what twenty years ago. Yeah. I, I still, think
2: I think they're still around. I think I, Coach Rochelle still. I bet he does, still is in business. Yeah. I'd be
1: surprised. And then we had an intermediate guy who was a who was like a broker. He was a broker. He was not a direct FHA lender, but he was essentially a very you know aggressive organized broker. And then we had a really high end snobby would go play golf with you type lender. So those are the three lenders that we used, but anybody we had which was a first time buyer that we knew had maybe, you know, was gonna have a harder time with down payment, we always sent them to Mark and he always did a great job. So if you're in Columbus, Ohio and Mark Yerkes still in business, mm-hmm. definitely use Mark. Well, Yerke. but he's
2: a good example of somebody who specialized in it, knew about all of the ins and outs of all the programs. That was his he did. thing versus somebody that, yeah, I mean, we can do FHA, but let's try and go conventional, and then they don't get approved and,
1: conventional. And, and why do they do that, uh, agents, in case you don't know it? What the lender's going to most likely do is they're going to the, uh, put the borrower in whatever program pays them the most commission. I mean, they call it points and all the rest of it. That is what it is. Yep. So as far as the FHA, as far as hearing all these overlays, and, and I'm sorry, all these raising standards, understand that that does not apply if you're using a direct lender with the FHA. It only applies if you're using brokers so if you're not you got to ask your bar you got to ask your lender and notice how they'll try to avoid the answer to the question if they're not a direct lender but ask them if they're directly approved by FHA or if they're brokering the loan um, and that's you know you're going you could go to the FHA website and find an actual FHA lender so hopefully that's not too confusing any other headlines well, to Well, that's right.
2: And, and going to a portfolio lender is a good move as well because they don't have to sell them with these um, higher standards Those as well. really hard to come by but, anymore. But, you know, all of these things you guys have to be so much more careful about. Uh, let's see. That's all of the... Oh, so here, related to that, some of you guys have or will soon have pendings that are going through inspections, appraisals, and other issues which cause a secondary negotiation, which I know all of you all have hated to begin with, but now it's even worse. Because if you then have to go back to the lender for some reason, like maybe the appraisal falls short by 2,500 bucks or $5,000, and then they have to reopen the loan, guess what happens? The borrower now has to re-qualify under the more stringent terms and may or may not actually qualify, may or may not actually have to put more money down, Fix something on their credit, it can wreck your deal. So if you have a minor adjustment due to appraisal or inspection or something else, fix it outside of reopening the loan unless you want to risk it not closing.
1: That's right. Again, guys, we're real estate coaches. It's our job to help you um, get through this really tough time in our economy it is what it is we're not oh. going to sugarcoat it we're not yeah. just going to give you some raw hot raw mindset we're not going to be talking about your big why or your dream boards we're going to be telling you what you absolutely have to do to stay forward deployed helping people and making money to protect you and your family you know it be very 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 careful who you're listening to right now because most times people are just basically operating within their own comfort zones trust me when i tell you a month ago well Now it's a month and a half ago Mm -hmm. when all this started to erupt. We did not want to talk about it. It was not a topic. I mean, I was calling it the, what was I calling it? The The
2: carnivorous virus. Yeah, as a joke. Well, and we were talking about, you know, a few people are going to be affected. We'll all just persevere and we'll be fine. Well, here we are a month and a half later and we all know what world we're in. But on a positive note, Tim, and we we were going to talk about some of our uh, individual calls and things that we're hearing. On a positive note from the Premier Coaching Program calls, What I see is, yes, transactions are more challenging. You're having to operate at a way higher level. You're having to be emotional and financial counselors in addition to being real estate professionals. And I know that that's stressful, but here's the positive part. Deals are getting done. Yeah, you're getting what you perceive to be low balls, which you hadn't had before. You had competing offers before. Now you get one offer and it's not full at list. You know, here's the thing just because it's not full list doesn't mean it's actually a lowball guys. Some of you guys believe that. That's getting to be more normal and probably sliding into more of a buyer's market. There are, is a process to this. But the good news is perseverance, this is what makes the strongest agents. You're cutting your teeth by having to actually negotiate. Some of you thought that negotiating was choosing from a, a you know 10 different offers. Now you're having to negotiate for real and actually go back and forth four or five times, especially on the East Coast. I'm seeing that a lot in New York and New Jersey, and I'm interested to see what you're hearing, Tim. But I, you know, I'm encouraged that they are not giving up. At least our coaching clients, right? They're complaining a little bit about weaker agents throwing, you know, wrenches into things and being ignorant of how to actually negotiate. But the strong will survive.
1: Well, that's right, and I, I am. People are making money. I mean, there's still closings happening, yeah. and I'll tell you what. Our, frankly, what our, you know, best coaching clients. And everyone else is learning to do. They're learning that the time that you actually go after market share is now. The time for you to actually work. And like, it's the old Warren Buffett quote, right? When others are being greedy, be fearful. And other people are being fearful, be greedy. And this right now is the uh, be uh, greedy when others are being fearful stage. It's going to be like this for some time to come. There is the emotions that you all are feeling. We completely understand. This was unbelievably fast unbelievably shocking unbelievably everything you can possibly imagine but it doesn't matter we're not going to wake up from all this tomorrow or probably even six months to a year and have things feel anywhere near normal you have to assume things are going to get far worse because otherwise you're not going to prepare you're not going to do what we're suggesting that you do We're, we're begging for you to take these things seriously so that you don't have to needlessly suffer and neither does your family
2: All right. So for those of you who are thinking, well, you know, the government's throwing money at everybody, small businesses on up, you even got some money in your account, you're getting a stimulus check, you know, they're just going to keep on throwing money to save people and we'll all come out of the end. Okay. Well, so here's the issue with that. Already... We're having small businesses fail. There was a report that came out that uh, here was the survey. If business disruption continues at the current rate, how soon will your business be at risk of closing permanently? Keeping in mind that over 99% of the businesses in the country qualify as a small business. So that's who was asked the survey. So how soon will your business be at risk of closing? Less than one month, about 6%. One to two months, 26%. Three to five months, another 35%. Uh, in more than five months, 17%. So that's virtually everybody in the next three to five months. So these figures point to three and a half million small businesses closing permanently in the next two months. Three and a half million small businesses, that's businesses, they're not even counting people, employees, closing permanently in the next two months and another seven and a half million over the next five months. So nine and 10 respondents say uh the, not, I'm sorry that they had less than 20 employees, but that's pretty much everybody.
1: Well, what the story, the of the story quickly. was, I read that yeah. too. I sent it to Julia. Is it's that uh, and we're going to do an, an article or story on that story on our website, Tim and dot com. But the gist of that article was that essentially um, every business will fail. In essence, after And the
2: stimulus isn't going to save everybody.
1: Right. That's what the and and basically most businesses don't have the staying power for 90 days. In other words. Yeah. They won't even last 90 days. And so this is the reason that ultimately when people are projecting some sort of fast recovery, it's literally impossible. Like, you just think about it, guys. People that don't have jobs don't buy houses. They don't buy anything. People that aren't confident don't buy anything. People that are essentially fearful of their own financial and uh, well-being, not to mention health, they don't buy anything. But there still are sellers that have to sell and that means you're going to have to know how to have the skills to go after the sellers. And there will be buyers that buy, but they're not going to be, you know, for the most part, they're not going to be making overpriced offers. Now, you know, it's a whole new skill set, guys. And Julie just touched on it. You're going to have to learn the real estate skills. You're going to have to learn a little bit of what we call doctor filling the client. You know, a little you're bit of counseling. skills. you going to have to know
2: skills. something about the economy, and you, you might yep. not have ever paid attention to it before.
1: That's right. And... It's okay. You can make it. You can survive. You can do what it takes. That in these intervening time between now and when there's a virus that's actually you know viable, you're gonna. You mean see a vaccine? A vaccine. I know. The virus is unfortunately I'm still viable. All th- I'm still learning well, all these new words. It's okay. weird. Yeah. But in this sort of never never land that we're in right now this before and after time, that's the time for you to be getting your skills on. That's the time for you to actually be sharpening your saw and getting ready for battle. Because even after the vaccine comes out and people then start potentially feeling joyous and spending money again, if people don't have jobs, they won't be able to buy anything. And that's the part that's everybody's missing. If you lose 20 to 30% of everyone who is a, a you know wanting to have a job and they don't have a job, or they don't have a job that pays what it paid before, and people that had saved their down payments had to spend To survive during this time, and people that had equity in their houses had to spend it through HELOCs because they had to make ends meet. If all that happens, like it did last time, frankly, and like it should, it probably will happen this time. We're going to be dealing with a totally different set of skill sets that are needed but most importantly we're going to be dealing with a different set of agents i mean most of the agents if they don't learn these skills they're just going to be zombified they're not going to know they're going to be in this waiting for the things to return to back basically the way they were in you know february january february of 2020 they're going to be in that mode guys forever and i bet you some of you listening right now you're in that zombified mode yourselves what are you waiting for are you waiting to see if tim or julia are right or wrong What's, what is that costing you as other agents are learning the skill sets necessary? Act, what, seriously, think about that. What is it going to cost you when the stimulus runs dry? What is it going to cost you when the, you don't get any more money from this program or the other program? What's it going to cost you when you no longer get unemployment? By the way, these enhanced unemployment programs, they're only, they're only guaranteed to go through, I think it was July. So after that, what are you going to do? Are you just hoping for the best? Is that what you're doing? Hoping for the best? Not preparing for the worst? You are, aren't you? Why? What's the harm in actually learning what's necessary to thrive in this market? There's no downside whatsoever. There's only so much Netflix and Hulu you can watch, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna run out of that. Well, so I think what we're trying to get them into is acceptance. If you look at the five stages of grief, denial, we all did that about a month and a half ago. Yep. Anger, I cannot believe we have to stay at home. Bargaining, all right, we'll stay at home for two weeks and then they're going to let us out. Nope. Then depression. All right. So what was the quote that uh, the future leaders 20 years from now are going to be homeschooled by day drinkers? Depression. Okay. <laughs> and, but then what comes after that? You have to get to acceptance. You have to work through denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance because only in acceptance can you move forward. Only in acceptance can you accept Coaching, education, being flexible, having to learn new skills, having to be a a financial, emotional, economist, counselor. Okay. I wish we were wrong about this. We do so much research every night looking to be wrong. We are. We're We're not looking to be right. We Mm -hmm. don't want to be right. Believe me, coaching you guys in this environment, much less fun than when it was, you know, fast and furious and easier. So I hope that we're wrong, but we have to prepare you for the worst and continue to collectively hope for the best. Get into acceptance.
1: So what do you do now? If you haven't done it yet, if you haven't joined the Premier Experience coaching program, and if you haven't downloaded our ultimate agent survival guide, telling you how to take advantage of all the government programs, telling you exactly the skill sets you need to be developing now, and then telling you how to profit, then you need to text the word survival to 31996. But if I were listening to this, what I just heard, and I were you know, in my 20s selling real estate, I'll tell you what I would do. I would not even wait around for the incremental step. I'd want to go right to the head of the line and I'd want to learn how to start making money now. And in order to do that, the quickest way for you guys to do that is join our Premier Coaching Program. We are offering Premier Coaching for everyone that wants to join for 100 bucks a month. Um, we, all, you know, Basically, you'll, you'll get financing. The, all the details are on the website. Just read all about it. It's not based on credit. It's not based on income. It's not based on everything. Every single one of you can join the Premier Coaching Program. This is what you should be spending your time um in between homeschooling your kids. This is what you should be doing is you should homeschool yourself. So the best way for you to learn about that is just text the word education to 31996. And we're going to send you back a link and then you can basically go ahead and schedule yourself for a call with one of our new member coaches. In the meantime, if you want Julie and I to speak to your group, if you want us to help you, if you want us to do the heavy lifting for you, we've been doing it all day long to different groups of different sizes, um, You know, Zooms, virtual meetings, conference calls, podcasts, whatever you need for us to do. It is our mission to help you. It is our mission to help as many agents through this as we possibly can. Your mission, your number one goal is survival. That's it. You have to survive. In order for you to survive, you have to do the things that we're asking for you to do. We're not going to be you know, worried that we're being overly direct and worried about offending anybody. We don't have time for that luxury, and neither do you. We're not going to placate you. We're going to tell you the truth because this is what you need to hear. Take action on the things we're asking for you to do, guys. Please, if not for yourself, do it for your kids. Look, all those people that are in all those food lines across the country, I imagine they didn't think they'd ever be in that position either, right? I don't want you guys to experience that hardship. Take action on this information. Take action today. In the meantime, if you want to have us speak to your group, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show anytime You can listen to our podcast and replay. It's on iTunes, Stitcher. It continues to be the number one listened to uh, daily real estate coaching program uh, for agents in the nation. Have a fantastic day.
0: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com.